With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Get it. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. And happy Halloween, October 31st, 2022. Y'all decided to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. And for that, me and Jay Rich appreciate y'all being here. What we got in the building this morning? Leo, what's up, baby? Marlon, Patty, Rubio, Adam, Goat Rings, Lindsey, Mac, Mike A, my man JB in the building, Roro, Matthew, Rico Stone, Garrison, Dope Walker in the building. What's going on, y'all? Fizzle Dollars, what's happening with you? Good to be here today. On this fine Monday, man, NFL, it's going down, baby. It's going down. Jay Rich, how you doing this morning, big dog? I'm good, man. I'm good. It was uh, definitely an interesting weekend. I think another week in the NFL only makes me question this 2021 quarterback class even more. Uh-oh. And I know Uh-oh. that we're going to get into it. Uh-oh. I don't want to get into it, but Uh-oh. I just had to say it. I just had to say it. But, yeah. man, it was uh, another crazy weekend in football. A lot of blowouts, which we kind of expected, but... Hopefully we see a good game tonight. Um, I am a little bit excited for it. So Monday Night Football hopefully will deliver for us. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully they do. Who the hell plays tonight? Who's it? Bears and Bengals and Browns. Bengals and Browns. Got the wrong B name. Another divisional game. Yeah, another divisional game. Shout out to our partners, Prize Picks. Use the promo code WAKEUP. If you're a first-time depositor, they give you $100 for free. Come join in with the squad. NBA bets, MLB, college football, NFL, all that good stuff. And shout out. To the cup, people, somebody on YouTube kept saying that we don't have anything in our cup when we're drinking this. That's bullshit. Like, you could see it, like, kind of in there. You see the coffee, the smoke. Yeah. Michelle Adoro coffee. It's delicious. Make sure you get some. Jay, what you drinking this morning? I said I have a Cremoso Espresso, but it's funny because they must have not caught the episode where you spilt the coffee. Yeah, spilt it all, all over, over yourself that one day. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's how you're doing it. I think they think that you're faking it, but we're not faking it, man. We really, like, I need coffee to I got, go. I got a quick. I got a quick. It's 7 a.m. Right? It's 7 a.m. I need coffee, man. Damn. All it's right, crazy. Jay. 
All right, we got a lot. We got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to get into. So, Jay, we're going to get into straight facts. Hit us with the news, baby. The biggest news in the world of sports. Covered and brought to you by one man, Jordan Richards. This is Straight Facts, presented by Michelle Adoro. So, thankfully for us, it seems like we avoided a lot of major injuries, but we are waiting on one big one, and that is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup did limp off with a bit of an ankle injury. He says that he's hoped to avoid a serious one, but we'll see. He still needs to get tested on it. We'll see what his status is for this week. I think it's one we're going to have to monitor throughout the week, but if Cooper Cup is active, we're starting him, so not a big concern for us there. Irv Smith Jr. was also dealing with a bit of an ankle injury. He's going to get an MRI on it probably today, and we'll hear the diagnosis on that one. Philadelphia Eagles star defensive tackle, maybe not star, but recently drafted first round pick defensive tackle Jordan Davis apparently has a high ankle sprain. Um, we know those injuries are about four to six weeks at times for athletes, depending on the severity. And he will very, very, very unlikely to be active to, uh, this week for the Night football. The Eagles take on the Texans in Houston. The only game the World Series is not being played, ironically enough. And Christian Watson suffered a concussion late last night. Um, I think that's all for the major news. We'll see what the status is of Watson. He is a guy who it seems like every week we want to see him on the yep. field, progress with Rodgers. Nobody's available. Alan Lazard isn't there. And he's just not out there, man. He's yeah. just not out there. And it's it's sad because he he's a guy that we thought had promise. We knew he needed some development. But this is the time when he should be able to do that. No Randall Cobb, no Alan Lazard. He needs to be taking advantage and unfortunately keeps suffering injuries week after week. But, Ray, I know it was a wild weekend in college football. So do you want to yeah. run us through that? Yeah, man. College football update. Um, I know a lot of people want to hear about the college game. And I think, Jay, the biggest game on tap this past weekend, at least for what we do, fantasy football projecting ahead, NFL draft was the Kentucky-Tennessee game. You know, there were uh, there were a bunch of big games. You had Michigan-Michigan State, Ohio yeah. State-Penn State, good games close to the end. USC-Arizona was a nail-biter later on in the evening. But the big one, because we're trying to find, everyone's looking for the next Patrick Mahomes, the next Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. And it's funny because here on this channel, we've been all over Will Levis longer than anybody, sure. I believe. Yeah, like, you've been on him a long time. A long time, talking about his talent, the tools, the traits, the skill set. And it seems like, you know, we at, at, at no point in time did we ever say Will Levis was head and shoulders the one. We were just like, this dude yeah. could be a guy, right? He's got everything that you're looking for for fantasy football. And all of a sudden, over the past like two weeks, I'm seeing blasphemous shit. Will Levis, number one overall pick. Will Levis, number one quarter. Will Levis, Will, and I'm just kind of like, damn. I mean, I mean, we got the hype train going, but y'all got yeah. full speed ahead, right? So Will Levis versus Hendon Hooker head to head. Tennessee and Kentucky faced off, and it was not good for Will Levis. Will Levis went 16 for 27, no touchdowns, three interceptions. Five rush attempts for negative 22 yards versus Hendon Hooker, who went 19 for 25, 245, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 23 yards on the ground, and one touchdown. And if you're just – listen, man, when you're looking at this 2023 QB class, Jay, there are warts or concerns or issues with all of these guys. C.J. Stroud doesn't run, can't operate outside of structure. Yeah. Bryce Young, you saw the picture I posted in our Discord, patreon.com forward slash all gas, with him standing next to Kyler Murray. What did it yeah. look like to you? I'm just, I just took a still image of both of the guys. He looked like a guys. little boy. 
He looked like a little. Do I? I, I'm gonna find this, Jay. I'm gonna find this picture and post it for the group. But you know, Bryce Young is small. Hendon Hooker is old. Uh, Will Levis apparently tools and traits are not very good. He's the guy, right? He's the guy who's got. Oh, it's Levis is probably the funniest. The funniest case because he's not playing very well. No, but the NFL is a is a league that sometimes doesn't draft for production. They draft for talent and traits. Which Will Levis, like you mentioned. He's gonna be a true junior, right? He's gonna he's, he's a true junior, right? Pretty sure true, true mm-hmm. junior. He's got mm-hmm. perfect size, six three. Not a true. I don't two, know what he is, but he's draft eligible. It doesn't matter. Two thirty, right? Yeah. Arm talent can sling it, but his team around him is bad. He's got Chris Rodriguez. He's got a couple of true freshman wide receivers that are playing well. Outside of that, they can't do much. And you look at Hendon Hooker, who's got similar talent, maybe slightly better talent. But yeah, he's better. playing at a much higher level. Coach is playing at a, at a higher level. They're getting it done. Um, it's it's always a funny debate. I think that it's funny. They're, they're kind of playing for this QB3 right it. now. I found it. All you right, here's it? the picture. Here's the picture. Y'all tell me. Here it is. Bri- here's Bryce Young standing next to Kyler Murray, and everyone says Kyler is tiny. Kyler looks like a big man compared to old Bryce over there, doesn't he? I took a still he's screenshot of this, Jay. Yeah, yeah. Kyler, Kyler looks a Point is... What are, who's the fifth quarterback in this class? It, regardless if we think Will hmm. Levis is good or bad, he's going to get first-round draft capital. He's going to get drafted in the first round. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Hendon Hooker, or Will Levis, and then who's five? Yep. Who's who's five in this class? Because Anthony Richardson's not going to declare. He's not coming no, out. There's no, no he's way. Not. He's, not, he's not ready. DJU is done. Tyler Van Dyke, not good. Phil Djokovic, not good. Spencer Rattler, not good. Cam Ward, Cam Rising, or maybe there's somebody out at Oregon that you like that you want to talk about. I, I don't know if I'd go as high as QB five with uh, my man Bo Nix, but Bo Nix is playing better than I think I ever expected him to play. Um, could he be QB five? Maybe, maybe. I mean, how many rushing touchdowns has he got? He's got to have double digits at this point. He's running for like two almost every week. Um, it's really just the Georgia game, right? You look at the Georgia game. Yeah, that was and this it. Is what we saw. This is what we saw in the SEC was he was overwhelmed. He's making bad decisions. And this the first game in, in the Oregon. SEC. It was his first game. It was his first it's, game in a new system, was, a new coach. I'm not going to sure. hold. I'm not going to. I'm not. Georgia does that to just about everybody. I'm not going to hold that against yeah. him. It was his first game in Oregon, man. For sure. But at the same time, like we mentioned, right, he does have familiarity in the SEC and he's played them before. And so there should be some, you know, comfort in some regard. But you're right, 100 percent. Like it was his first game and he has looked great ever since. But we need to see him kind of tested again, in my opinion. And then we can kind of go back to seeing is Bo Nix really for Who's real or five? not? Who's five? It's funny. I want to think I want to say it's actually Cam Rising. I His name wasn't necessarily in my head. When we started talking, and then there's still you even mentioned Tanner McKee, who apparently you're oh, off now. You don't like oh, Tanner McKee. Oh. You're like you've seen enough of Davis Mills. Davis, you don't want Davis Mills. The Davis part Mills two. stank, man. The stank of Davis Mills, and he yeah. he was probably better than Tanner McKee. Come, why not KJ Jefferson? KJ Jefferson is probably what maybe people wanted Anthony Richardson to be, except for he's actually being productive through the air and on the ground. I think it's it's probably if I had to if I had to have a lean. Right now, it'd probably be KJ Jefferson, quarterback out of is out that of for, Arkansas. Is that for fantasy or for the NFL? Because I think there's a a world where maybe a, a more a better passer, pocket guy, signal caller. I mean, he's pretty good. I mean, completion I think he's pretty good too. Pretty but I think good. in the I NFL, mean, maybe potentially he's he's not quite five. But you know, rising especially is a guy who I think is maybe a little bit more experienced. But again, playing in the Pac-12, I don't don't trust it as much as that SEC. I, experience, I'll just say this. 
If you are banking on these quarterbacks to come in and save your dynasty team, I would not do that. I would do whatever it takes to get somebody that's in the NFL and producing. Dak Prescott, Justin Fields. Oh, no. Whomever. Don't say it, Ray. Don't well, say we'll it. get to the 2021 quarterbacks in a minute. Um, there were a couple of other. I had some other names on the show sheet, Jay, from the college football world. I just want to mention three Running back risers right now for me. Oh. I'm going to do my updates this week to the rankings. Number one is Kendra Miller, running back out of TCU, six foot, 222 pa- 220 pounds. He's good. Kendra Miller is legit. Chase Brown, running back out of Illinois. I love Chase Brown. He's he's athletic. He's fast. He's 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 built kind of. He's not really thick. He's not a big running back. They got him listed at 205, but Chase Brown playing well. And then one more for you, man. He's probably going to lead the country in rushing. He's second to Chase Brown right now, but he's big. He's fast. And shout out to Mel Kuyper, who had him in his top 10 like in August. But Dwayne McBride, if you guys have not watched Dwayne McBride play, he's good. He's very, very good. He's a junior, 5'11", 215 pounds. I think he's around a four or five. If you think 40-yard dash time, probably, if I had to take a guess, third or fourth round range as far as the NFL draft, Dwayne McBride should be a big riser, man. That young man is very, very good. I was watching some of his tape this weekend. Kendra Miller's my guy, though. Love me some Kendra Miller out of TCU, Jay. But that's it for the college football world. We got to get to the NFL and talk our Ballers of the Week, Jay. Start us off with our QB Baller of the Week, and we're going to spend some time talking about him. Who's our QB Baller of the Week? QB Baller of the Week is Tua Tugavailoa. And, Ray, ironically, right, so Tua versus the Detroit Lions, 29 for 36, 80% completion, 382, and three touchdowns through the air. He also ran for, I believe, 18 yards and he just barely outpaced Jalen Hurts by eight rushing yards. And that was the difference, ironically enough. Tua Tagovailoa outrushed Jalen Hurts by eight yards, and that was the difference yep. in their fantasy production. Tua Tagovailoa, QB1, and his wide receivers were, I believe, like wide receiver two and three on the week, seven and eight overall. It was uh, an insane week for those Miami Dolphins starters. Yo, I just want to say this, man. I'm very happy that two is playing well. Because, you know, for a mat, for like two weeks, we all were kind of in, we didn't know what was going on, right? There were rumors that he would never play again, that he should retire. And I still think in the back of a lot of people's minds, every time he runs, you kind of, you kind of inch to the front of your oh, seat, yeah. right? You're like, please get down, please get down. If all he has to do, because there were some throws where it looks like he putting everything into yeah. the throw. I mean, his whole body, his soul, and the ball is just fluttering downfield. And somehow, Tyreek bails him out. But if that's all he's got to do, man, good for Tua. Like, good for him. And just to speak on how good Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are. Remember uh, right before the season when Tyreek Hill went on his uh, radio tour and said he'd rather have Tua throwing him the ball than Patrick Mahomes? Well, Tyreek Hill... Uh, on the season as 961 receiving yards through eight games. Not only is Tyreek Hill uh, by far the NFL's leading receiver, he's on pace to break Calvin Johnson's single season receiving record and notch his first 2K and notch the first 2,000 yard receiving season ever. Tyreek Hill Damn. and Jalen Waddle both, both eclipsed 100 receiving yards for the third time. Third time two receivers have gone over 100 yards. 
Waddle has 727 receiving yards and five touchdowns, and he himself is on pace to break Eclipse 1,500 receiving yards. They could have a wide receiver room where one guy's got 1,500 plus and the other guy's got 2,000 plus. This is nuts. Like, it's ridiculous. What they're doing, the big big takeaway, if this is all Tua has to do and they design the offense for him, to, like then you, you need to want him. You know, I think there is always that fear and concern, but we can't dynasty in fear, right? And I think that is one of my biggest sort of looking back on that period of, of flux of Tua. If you can go back, would you have risked it to go get him knowing the I outcome mean, today? Like hindsight, right? Like it's I Yeah, 100%, right? I still think people had their fears, their rightful fears and concerns for what we saw. But, yo, like, all he's got to do is just throw it out there. And they're always open. They are they yeah. are, they are, are always open. One of Waddle or Tyreek are open constantly, dude. Con- and yeah. imagine, and they're doing this with Raheem Mostert at running back, with Chase Edmonds at running back. Imagine, just imagine a world in which it's B. John Robinson. And how do you stop him? How do you, how do you, offensively, how do you stop them? They're five and three in the division right now. Now they are like third because the Jets, you know, the, the Jets, and we'll get to the Jets in a minute. But I mean, how do you stop that offense, Jay? You can't. You can't. And I'm pretty sure there was the other stat that they're the highest, they have the most receiving yards of a duo in NFL history through eight games, which is insane because you know, you look at this offense, you don't you don't view them as historic, but when you watch them every week, you're like Man, they just make it look so easy, and they're impossible to cover. Like, we talked about how is Waddle going to take a step back with Tyreek being there? Because Tyreek's going to be the dude, and Tyreek yeah. is definitely the dude, right? It's not mattering. You know, you see Waddle caught two touchdowns this week. Tyreek didn't even catch any, and they're found a way to make it work. And I just, you have to give credit to Mike McDaniel, too. Like, this dude stepped in as the new head coach, Lyme Dolphins, and he said, you know what? I'm going to turn Tua into a pocket passer, quick decisions, get the ball out quick. And Tua's delivering and all that. You know, you could say that Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are raising Tua. I think it's mutual. You know, I yeah, really do. I yeah, think that Tua's Tua making credit. quick decisions. He's making quick decisions. He's running the RPO effectively. He's getting the ball down the field. Even if it's only 10, 15 yards at times, he's making the deep pass when he needs to. It's always quick, drops, sets his feet, and he throws. And you see this consistently from Tua. He doesn't sit back there, try and make a play. No. He either throws it or he maybe moves a little bit in the pocket and he throws it away. He's not making too many bad decisions. And this is really where he shined at Alabama. It was running the RPO effectively, getting it to his receivers quickly, and they would make the plays after that. And you're seeing that now in Miami. All right, let's get to the RB baller of the week. Who's the running back baller of the week, Jay? Well, we have a bit of a disagreement here, and I will be well, open to the people. Well, we got a I, couple. I thought, I thought it was Alvin Kamara, but I was willing to give it to Christian McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara, 27 touches, 158 yards, nine receptions, and three touchdowns. Of course, Christian McCaffrey with the triple crown, the passing, the rushing, and the receiving touchdown. And then King Henry went off for 200 rushing yards and two touchdowns. I'm fine with all three of them. RB's ball. And we didn't even mention Deontay Foreman, who also had three touchdowns. Tony Pollard also had three touchdowns. Like, insane week for the running Return of the running back, man. I had had co- Ballers of the week. I had Derrick Henry. Anytime you put up 200 yards and two. And everybody yeah. out there, they've been trying to dead and dead and bury Derrick Henry for three straight seasons now. Stop. Stop it. There are certain players. There are certain players in the NFL, in the NBA, that for as long as they want to play football, they're going to be good. Derrick yeah. Henry is that guy. At what point do you see slowing down from Derrick Henry? All oh, the first two weeks, he didn't do much. And... Two weeks. 
He is the king. Derrick Henry is the, as long as Derrick Henry wants to play football, he's a guy that if you have him in dynasty, he's always worth more in your roster than he is on the open market. And you can just ride. I've been, Jay, I've been saying this for two, three years now. I yeah. am comfortable riding Derrick Henry off into the sunset. If I have him, I'm not selling him for no seconds. I'm not trading him for a Damian Pierce. I will ride him into the sunset. He's just a different cat, man. He's a he's yeah. a different guy. And people forget that for the first three years of his career, he wasn't the guy. He had to share the backfield with DeMarco Murray for two years. Then when he yeah. finally got an opportunity, he was still kind of like half-ass giving it to him. He he's fresh. He's the king. He's incredible. He's a beast. Alvin Kamara balled out as well. Did Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, Deontay Foreman. Running backs were balling this week, Jay. Let's get to the wide receiver baller of the week. There were a couple of good ones as well, but none better than A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, man. Swole Batman for the Philadelphia Eagles. We kind of talked about this with the matchup against Pittsburgh. It just was bound to happen. Six receptions, 156 yards, three touchdowns. Um... Just ridiculous what A.J. Brown continues to do. Just destroys man coverage each and every week. If you see a matchup where he gets man coverage, he get, he has like a 40% target share. It's just nuts. Um, but yeah, people who don't know, it's a it's a joke on Philadelphia Eagles. You have Swole Batman, who's A.J. Yeah. Brown. Skinny, Skinny Batman, Batman. <laughs> who is Devonta Smith. And then I think Fast Batman is Quez Watkins. Yeah. Um, it's just hilarious. But yeah, Swole Batman got it done for us this week. You know, it's it. I think for me, Ray, and it's one of the things I've been very consistent about uh, on this show and even outside of the show. AJ Brown's just a guy I'm I'm always willing you, to trade for. Yeah, people always people always talk about all oh, his injuries and this and that. He is just one of the most dominant wide receivers in all of football. Like you know, you look, he's up there with Jamar Chase. He's up there with Metcalf at times. And we've talked about how much we like Metcalf and his dominance. And then you know, you get into guys like Justin Jefferson, who should have had a better week this week against Zone, but. We will forgive him, <laughs> but you just look at what what uh, AJ Brown continues to do for this offense. He makes them better, and they make him better at that. They find ways to get him the ball, and he had a monster week this week against Pittsburgh. All right, the last one we want to get to tight end baller of the week. Who was it, Jay? Who was it? It was Tyler Conklin. You tried to uh, steal this one and give I it did. to your boy Kyle Pitts, and I was like, "No, sir, I'm not having it." Six receptions, 179 yards, and two touchdowns. Wait, 79 yards, 79 yards, 79 yards, yeah. 79 yards, two touchdowns. But yeah, Conklin had a good game, surprisingly to me. Zach Wilson put up 300 yards through the air. Garrett oh, Wilson boy. went over 100 on top of that as well. Oh, um, but yeah, it's funny. The the conk is what I wanted to call him. Someone said Gronklin. And I'm like, yeah, man, he went off this week. I was kind fizzle. of surprised. Kinda... I said Kyle Pitts, fizzle. I had Pitts no, bro, we don't... for 80 you, and 1. You said, you, said you should bench Pitts this week. I you did. said that on the show. You can't give him We all did. Week. The whole world did. You weren't not, and the thing is, there was a league, bro. I remember uh, I was setting my lineups, and I benched him because I was like, "Man, I can't do it, man." I, <laughs> I, I think I benched it, yeah. him for like Dalton Schultz or something. I'm like, "Fuck!" Like after it was over, I'm like, "Ah, why did I do that?" But Pitts had five for eighty. But yeah, Conklin balled yeah. out, man. Conklin balled out. Uh, it was a, it was a good week, man. This was this was like. There's a lot of scoring this week, a lot of scoring, yeah. and that leads us uh, into our, I was supposed to be taking notes, shit, uh, 24, what is it, 2437. Let's get into our top 10 takeaways, man. Um, and I want to start out, I'm going to reverse engineer this thing. I want to start with Josh Allen, because we saw the Buffalo Bills beat the Green Bay Packers last night, 27 to 17. It wasn't as close as the score indicated if you watched that game. Yeah. Allen didn't have to do a ton, and he 
he didn't have like his best statistical game, but watching it, it just he felt dominant, right? He had 218 yeah. yards, threw a couple of picks, he ran well. Should he be in a tier of his own? Right now, he's the clear front runner for NFL MVP. I think I haven't looked at the odds today, Jay, but it looks like I, I would assume Jalen Hurts is second in the MVP race. But in your opinion, for fantasy purposes, is Allen in a tier of his own or are he is he still in a tier with Mahomes, with Jalen Hurts, with Justin Herbert, with Lamar Jackson? Or should it be Allen, tier break, everybody else, then tier break, then everybody else? Where are you at with Josh Allen and his dominance uh, that we saw last night and just throughout the entire season? So Josh Allen, uh, plus 120 uh, at MVP odds, Jalen Hurts, 350. So they are close and I think surprisingly Hurts is kind of closing that gap a little bit and it might be because he had a big game and Allen was so so at best as far as like dominance right as far as fantasy right he's averaging 28 points per game uh the next highest is Jalen Hurts at 25 so already a three-point gap per game for Josh Allen is he in the tier of his own I think you can make the case right I think I think the only one who can come close to him is Mahomes, which I did not think I'd be saying to start the season. I was talking about Mahomes. I don't know with the weapons, all that. But Mahomes has shown that he is fine, regardless of who's on his team. And clearly, he's going to be the quarterback in Kansas City for his entire career, basically. So you just pair that with how he's playing with the guys that are on his team. We assume that team can get better in the future on top of that. I think those are the two guys you probably want. The real question really is Herbert, right? Because he's the guy we're not we're kind of unsure about whether he belongs in that top top tier but Allen could yeah. be in a tier of his own and he's definitely QB1 for me you if you want yes. to take Mahomes over it no, I no, get it Allen. I wouldn't do it but I think I think Mahomes is the only case you can really make is he belong in tier one with Josh Allen yeah I, I think so I think so I don't think Allen Allen is the one for me like if I if I'm yeah. on the board and I get my pick of any quarterback it would be Josh Allen but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be crying a river if I had to if I ended up with Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad about that. I don't know if he's in a tier of his own, but he's definitely the top quarterback um, in fantasy, the top quarterback in dynasty. He's the type of guy that even in single quarterback leagues, if you have a weapon like that, it might be the an advantage just to have him. I know Sigmund Bloom well, has talked about this a lot. I mean, Ray, so just to add more context to that, right? Josh Allen's averaging 28.07 points per game. Coming off a down week, Kyler Murray's averaging 20.2 points per game, and he's QB6, right? So you talk about this is a guy who is averaging eight more points than the QB6 in fantasy football, and yeah. we talk about league winners. Like, he is playing like a league winner right now when he is that much better than literally the sixth best quarterback in fantasy. We, we talk about just wanting two top 12 quarterbacks. If right. you get on the top 12, it's very replaceable. It's really just the top five right now. You have Josh Allen, 28, Jalen Hurts, 25, Patrick Mahomes, just under 25, Joe Burrow, 24 and a half, and then Lamar Jackson, 23.09, and then QB6 is Kyler Murray at 20. So you see those tier breaks forming. Josh Allen by himself, then Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and then you have Kyler Murray kind of in a tier with Tua, Geno Smith, Taylor Heineke's playing pretty well. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, Justin Herb. Like it's it's and for that, me, once Jay, you get past Lamar's six, still in there for me. I I, I yeah. get it, man. You just look around at what he's got to work with. I, I can only imagine if he had a Diggs, a Gabe Davis, a Dawson yeah. Knox, right? I, I'm I'm praying they invest in a wide receiver in the NFL draft. They need somebody else. Bateman needs to get healthy. Lamar's still in that tier for me, personally. He's still 
He's he's I would rather Mahomes and Hurts and Allen right now, but Lamar is still in that sort of top yeah. tier for quarterback. And he's playing uh, like for it. me. And he's playing like it. He absolutely is. I'm, I'm I know he had a couple of down weeks, but I'm not concerned about Lamar Jackson. All right, Jay, I want to talk about uh we saw the debut. Big takeaway. And I want your thoughts. We saw the debut of Malik Willis. Malik Willis time oh. this Sunday. It was Willis versus Mills. And Malik Willis is one of the players, Jay, that I've been saying, if if you're going to have somebody that has a chance to crack into yeah. a top 15 type quarterback, it's because of the rushing ability, he could work hard, Jalen Hurts, yada, yada, yada. We saw Willis head-to-head with Davis Mills. They only let him throw 10 times. He was sacked three times. QBR of four. Davis Mills didn't do much better. QBR of seven. Uh, it was just run, 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 Derrick Henry. Davis Mills couldn't get uh, – Malik Willis couldn't get anything going. If yeah. you have Malik Willis today, today, how would you feel? Like, would you be like, man, I need to get out of this? Or is he one that you're like, I want to have some patience? Or do you think Tennessee's looking around like – this is why he was a third-round pick, and he's not our quarterback of the future, and we're going to find somebody else at some point. We're just It's one game, so I don't want to overreact. Let's, I just want to react to what we saw and just give me your thought and feeling on Malik Willis. So I think you have to be patient. That would be my advice, regardless of what I'm going to say now. Be patient, right? It's not. It's one game. It's about a game and a half, a game and a quarter. Because we didn't see him against Buffalo. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. And he fumbled last week on a sweep. Like every time he comes on the field, he doesn't look. He's not making plays, and I think that's the problem here. Uh, Getting sacked three times when he only dropped back what thirteen times. Not great. Threw a pick, which. You know, with 10 attempts isn't great either. The bigger thing here, people need to understand this, like he was not going to be heavily involved in this game. Derrick Henry facing the worst rushing defense in the league. We, I mean, right, he made us a ton of money over the weekend because we bet him to go over all of his A hundred yards. A hundred yards is what they set his line at. What? All the alt totals, we were all over. But the thing with Malik is you've seen some of the talent. He almost rushed for a touchdown. If he rushed for that touchdown, I think that really – Helps Does. his stock, right? He got stuffed literally at the half-yard line. He was that close. But, you know, it, the problem for me is I haven't seen anything from him. Like, yes, you see so, the rushing ability, which we knew. What, what, what's somebody up? said, why is why is DJU done? Did I miss something? Apparently the whole 2022 season. You've, you've missed the whole season. Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> but, yeah, the thing with Malik Willis is we haven't seen a lot, and what we've seen has not been encouraging as far as I'm concerned. He's not playing with the best weapons – but, you know, I think I'd hope to see a throw or two. That gives me a bit of confidence. I don't think we've really seen that yet from Malik Willis. I think um, I think you're criticism? right. Is that fair criticism? Is that my being a little bit, a little bit harsh? You're right. He wasn't going to be he- heavily involved. This is the worst rushing defense they faced. You, you want to see him go out you, there you, and play a clean football game when he doesn't my fears have like, to about anybody Vrabel, And are they going to give him that time? Right? Like, are they... Because yeah. if Tannehill's held, apparently he was sick. Apparently he was yeah. sick. He didn't even try. It wasn't the, the ankle. Wasn't yeah, it wasn't the ankle. The ankle. It was, he was sick. like stomach, whatever. He was sick. I don't know, man. I, I just don't know what they do. If they're in a position next year to get hit, what if Hendon Hooker's sitting there? What if Tennessee finishes right around in the Tennessee? middle somewhere Hooker? and Hooker's right there? They don't want to pay Tannehill. They don't really believe in Malik long term and Hendon Hooker's sitting there. You know, would they pass I him think up? You have- I don't think they – well, I guess we'll see what their needs are when the time comes, but I'd, I'd be hard to believe they're going to pass on a, on a Vols quarterback, right? Like, it's a perfect fit. I just don't the fans trust would Vrabel, love it. I don't trust Vrabel, man. I saw no, he had 
It, it's uh, he threw him under the bus in the preseason. He didn't. I just I don't trust Vrabel. But yep. uh, you did have a window to move Malik before the game, and I do agree with you. Had he scored that touchdown, maybe the sentiment would be a little bit different. But a little better, yeah. Yeah, uh, you, you gotta you gotta hold and just. Can we just flip to the other side of the ball? Davis Mills is he's, he's smelly, right? Not good. He is bad. I'm, I know Scott talked about it. He's talked about it multiple times, how Davis Mills is one of the worst quarterbacks statistically in the NFL. Like, it's just his EPA per play is super low. He doesn't drive the ball downfield. He has a ton of turnovers. It's just that time where maybe Davis Mills could be something. That time is over. Like, it's so they're, they're over. Drafting a the quarter, they're Texans, drafting a quarterback. They're, they're by far the worst team in the NFL. And I don't even think it's that close. Like, they're pretty bad. They're so bad. What, they're and bad. When you get whooped by the by the Titans, who don't have a quarterback playing, essentially, because Malik yeah. Willis did nothing. He even took three sacks and threw a pick. So it's like, at that point, what they're are bad. you doing? They're, they're going to draft they're, a quarterback. They're, they're, they're going to draft. They're bad. Another, another two teams that potentially could be drafting quarterbacks. Let's talk about this 2021 QB class. Oh, Zach Wilson. Oh! And Mac Jones had an awful off. That's that's what it was. It wasn't a wasn't a showdown. Or they just an awful battle. Who of could who's be worst? Who could be, the battle of which one of them are worse? And Mac Jones, Zach Wilson prevailed as the worst one of the two. He had <laughs> at one point. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, yo, Zach Wilson has Mac Jones looking like Tom Brady out here for real. Because Legit. you know it was it was cute and funny a couple of weeks ago when I was telling people. You watch the Jets and Zach Wilson's running around, running just around. throwing the ball around, and it came back. And I said it. I said it's going to bite him in the ass. I don't know what he was doing, man. He looks awful, Jay. He awful, awful. He yeah, looks so he, bad. He looks Mac bad. Jones looks scared as hell to throw the ball. He doesn't want to make a mistake, right? He got bailed out. He threw a pick six and got. Uh, it, it was funny because both it Mac was, Jones and Justin Fields within a matter of five minutes through interceptions that were called back because of roughing the passer. I don't know. Jay, this 2021 quarterback class, T-Law doesn't look good. Mac nope. Jones doesn't look good. Nope. Zach Wilson looks awful. Justin <sighs> Fields looks average, but because everybody else is so bad, he looks spectacular. And then we Davis Mills stinks, and then we have no clue what Trey Lance is. This 2021 quarterback class... Jay, this all-world, game-changing, build-your-dynasty. People took T-Law and Justin Fields round one and round two as startups, man. They have for two years, right? Two years they've done this. Two years, man. Insane. But to your point about Justin Fields... Well, well, hold on, no, 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 don't go, don't go to Fields yet. We got to no, don't go to Fields yet. Let's talk about Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Zach Wilson did throw for three fifty-five empty calorie yards. Uh, QBR of 24, so not good. Three interceptions, two sacks. Mac Jones, QBR of 34, not much better, but one interception, it was a tip pass, one touchdown pass, got bailed out. What are you you doing with these two quarterbacks, man? These, these. Zach Wilson? You, you you can't possibly want him on your roster. I got you're him. praying. Couple, you're you're praying. You're praying, Ray, that he has like two or three good games where you can trade him for anything. Because as much as we were hating on Fields and what he was looking like a few weeks ago, and how we talked about 
trade Justin Fields and a second to go and get Zach Wilson because we think he's got oh, yeah. time on his oh, side. Yeah. This was a legitimate conversation we had multiple yeah. times. Yeah. And now you would be praying to get Zach Wilson off your roster to get Justin Fields in just a matter of weeks. And now you look at it and you're just like, everything that he does every week when he wasn't making the mistakes, you just knew this is him? the week that he can't do those things. The problem is, is he's like, he plays like a game manager, but then he also tries to do a lot of, makes a lot of big throws and, and crazy plays. And he is not good enough for that. Like clearly there's a couple plays where uh, there was one throw in particular where it was, it was at the goal line. He threw it probably 20 yards between two defenders and all, almost scored a touchdown. It was a great throw, but there's too many bad throws. There's, and that's too, the many problem, bad, there's too many knucklehead turn, plays. Turnover worthy plays. And just like you mentioned, knucklehead plays, tries to throw it out of bounds, doesn't throw it far enough, throws a pick. It's like, dude, you have a cannon. Just fucking throw it into the stands if you have to. But he just, for whatever reason, doesn't throw the ball away properly, runs around like crazy. Yeah. Matt Jones, I'm, I think with Mac. I will give him a little bit of leeway. Same. There's Same. there's two things. The high ankle sprain, which should he be playing, should not be playing. Right. In my opinion, it's it's iffy, right? And we talked about this last week too. I didn't believe he should be playing. I don't think he has the mobility in the pocket. Obviously, you have to be sure with that ankle if you're going to throw, right? Running is one thing, but to ha like plant your back foot, drive the ball, like you need that ankle to feel secure. And if he doesn't feel that way, he could be struggling. But at the same time, Ray, he's already been benched for Zappy once. So I'm sure that's in his psyche as yeah. well. He was last season with nothing to lose. Cam Newton got kicked off the team. He was the only guy there, right? It was him and right. Ryan Hoyer. Now he's got Zappy behind him where the not just the team will put the him fans. in if Mac is struggling, but the fans. The fans have turned on Mac and they want Zappy now. And every time Zappy comes in, they cheer for Zappy and they're excited for Zappy because that means Mac has been playing terribly. And I think that's probably got to be in his head a little bit too. Because you look at how he's been playing, and both of them have – I mean, Zappi's had a couple good games. He had, obviously, the stinker versus the Bears. But when you have a quarterback behind you who isn't really playing worse than you, they're right. kind of playing the same, and he has been benched before, that's going to play into your psyche. And Absolutely. I get that would be tough for me. I don't I, – I, I truly think that um, – I think Matt could be okay. Because he's not – he's – He's making some poor read, and there were some plays where like just nobody's open, that's, and that's what you get yeah. with Devonte Parker and yeah. Nelson Aguilar and Tyquan Thornton. That's just what you get. Like he's not doing some of the dumb shit that Zach Wilson is doing. I mean, there was one. Yeah, all Zach Wilson had to do is throw it out of bounds, and he threw it directly yeah. through to Jason McCourty or one of the McCourty brothers. Just yeah. threw it right to him, and he's like, "What are you doing?" Right? I just. New England and and Matt Patricia's OC. What's oh, Mac Jones going to be for us fantasy wise? Probably not nothing, much, man. Nothing, man. But I think like, he could like, be better than what he is. I, Zach Wilson just looks bad. He looks bad. Yeah, he looks bad. He looks bad. The thing is, is that Mac is he's a mid QB two with this roster, yeah. and unless so he he is a perfect example of like he is. I'm not going to say he's like Tua, but he's very similar. Like they come from the same system in some ways. And you look at what Tua's doing, he has the playmakers and they're damn good ones. They're not just above average, right? And you, mm -hmm. if you put Mac with those players, he can get them the ball. And I think that's, that's where we're at right now is you look at the way these things are shaking out. And if he had some playmakers that were at that caliber, he could be doing what Tua is doing. But without that, he's a mid QB two at best, yeah. potentially a back end QB two because he just doesn't have the playmakers. And Jacoby Myers has a massive target share, but he's not going to get it done for Mac Jones by himself. He's just not good enough for that. Yeah. 
All right, Jay, um, let's go to the early game. Let's talk a little Denver versus uh, the Jaguars. And what I put in the notes is Travis Etienne had a day, man. He had a, he yeah, had a day. He's a, he's a very unique running back because the one thing for everything that he's not, the one thing that he is and no one can deny is he's an explosive, explosive playmaker, man. Uh, there was the play where he ran 50 yards down the side. He just yep. That's what he did at Clemson. You give him an alley – you give him a lane, and he's gone. He's just he's fast. He's very very fast. But he also showed that he can handle twenty to handle twenty four carries. Versus, yeah. let's not let's not poo poo this this rushing performance. This Denver defense is the real deal. It's the yeah. real deal. And Etn had his way against them day in and day out. Um, he says he had a monster day. I was very impressed, and I did the film breakdown of Etn two weeks ago <laughs> talking about. Some of the things that he does well, I, still doesn't hit holes, doesn't read very. But if he sees it and he puts his foot in the ground and goes, there's no one like he's just his acceleration. I have not seen a running back. And I, I said this during my pre-draft evaluation of Travis Etienne go from zero to 60 faster than he does since Chris Johnson. His ability, he's not as fast as CJ2K, but his ability to go from zero to 60 like that. There aren't many in the NFL that can do that, right? ETN is a very, very special running back. So I just, I asked this last night on the Bleacher Report stream, Jay. For Dynasty, if you had to rank your top five running backs without looking at anything right now, give me who you would have in those top five. Because I think it's some combination of without JT's looking. JT's probably one. JT's up there. Two. Who? Brees Hall? Uh, Brees Hall would probably be two-ish. You know, Travis Etienne is probably close there. I don't think Kenneth Walker's the one that's tough for me because he's playing so well. I don't think you could put Damian Pierce in there, right? No. But we still have guys like Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb. We've talked about Alvin Kamara maybe trying to work his way back. Saquon into the top Barkley five, top is one hundred percent. Saquon is so. Up there. Would Saquon be your one today? That's the question for me. Is would Saquon be Here's the my, one? We talked about this a lot, Jay. There are certain running backs in the league, bro. That I don't give a damn about age. I don't give a damn yeah. about anything. They're just different, and I don't know how. I don't know how to quantify that. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to to prove game that. breaker, man. But Saquon is a different cat. Like I think for as long as he wants to play, he's going to be good. Like people yeah. get so wrapped up in oh, he's twenty five, oh, he's twenty six. He's old. He's a different cat. I think there's a very real case. I talked about it last night. I think the top three running backs. In the NFL, this isn't Dynasty, or Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Christian McCaffrey with Saquon yeah. Barkley at a close four. Um, yeah. If I'm looking at Dynasty, it's JT, it's Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey still up there. You can would have, he be top five? Would yeah, he, be, he would be for me, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Saquon, yeah, I'm, CMC. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that because yeah. the and ceiling then, of CMC is so it, much higher it, than... Man. Kenneth Walker than any of these. Even Everyone, I'm, not, pay, I'm not paying for age. I'm, he's, he's I'm done paying for age, Jay. I, I'll, two to three years. Two to three years. Can I count on Christian baby. McCaffrey? I think so. Two to three years. Can I count on Saquon Barkley? No doubt. Yeah. Two to three years. Can I count on Jonathan Taylor? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's yes. Battle. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. He's a different cat, man. Barkley, Henry, Chubb, McCaffrey. These are dudes, man. These are these are guys that for as long as they want to run the ball in the NFL, they're going to be good and effective. Saquon is incredible. 
I'm watching some of the shit that he did yesterday, and I know the stat line doesn't say it. I'm just like, dude, there was a play, Jay. It was a, I think it was a three or four yard run where he's in the hole, and it's like this, and he's making people miss in a yeah. tight, tight window where I don't think there's any other running back in the league that would have done that. I mean, yeah. I can't in wait a, to get the all twenty two. I cannot wait to get to there was a I'm like, wow, this dude can do that at 230 pounds. It's a different yeah. cat, Jay. He's a different cat. Um, but ETN is good. Where are you putting ETN at? ETN is definitely I think, inside the top. I think he's he's seven. He, yeah, that's he's borderline for me. He's he's not because again, there is still the for me, there's still the factor of what is the offensive ceiling, and it could be a little bit lower for him, but if he's running the ball 25, like maybe not 25, but if he's running the ball 20 times a game, that's drastically different than what we projected for ETN initially, right? We thought he could be more of a 15 carry, catch pass out of the backfield kind of guy. If he's running the ball 24, 25 times, then he's much higher in that echelon. Josh Harsh is saying Eckler. I think that's part of it as well, right? Eckler's a guy who he could have some longevity in the league too. We're talking about two yes, or three yes, year yes, windows. Yes, 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 yes. Right. Potential longevity in the league mm-hmm. could be a top five candidate. I think there's a lot of guys. There's like the young guys that are emerging that are good runners, but we'll see as pass catchers and as like true stud running backs. And then there's the older guys where they have the age factor, but the Austin Eckers, the Christian McCaffrey's, the Alvin Kamara's, even Dalvin Cook to some degree, they get a ton of work, score a lot of touchdowns, catch a lot of passes, and score a ton of fantasy points. And so that for me is where it's tough. I think all those guys kind of belong in the top 10. And then Nick Chubb as well, obviously best runner in football so um and king henry's really the only one who isn't quite in there so unless you want to make that bet let's stick with the jacks trevor lawrence okay. what do we do with trevor lawrence right it's it's i i i love that this is how this has played out right we kind of reverse pivot on trevor lawrence because we thought maybe he could be something all he's done over the past few weeks is run for touchdowns, and that's pretty much it. 18 for 31, 133 yards, one touchdown, two picks. One, the, Obviously, the one at the end of the game was a pretty bad one um, on an out route, left oh, it short, it picked off. Yeah. Right. We were, we were actually streaming when that happened, yeah. but it's just the biggest thing here with Trevor Lawrence is does he have enough playmakers on his team right now? And are we being fair to Trevor Lawrence? Because what we've seen from him has been good at times, but the red zone interceptions is not good. I think that's where he needs to clean up his game the most. We've seen what I think in two or three straight weeks, he's thrown end zone interceptions. And while this one wasn't quite in the end zone, it was basically right at the goal line. So you look at Trevor Lawrence, you're like, okay, he can operate between the twenties. That's great. He can run it into the end zone, but he's not having as much success throwing the ball into the end zone recently. And so you see, how can they clean that up? How can he fix those struggles? And is he still worth this top golden boy price tag that he kind of still has, man. He kind of still has, he's not playing at a very high level right now. If you go down to his fantasy points per game, he is barely above Zach Wilson since week four. Oof. Because I pulled the since war since week four points per game. Trevor Lawrence, 14.28. Zach Wilson, 13.1. Uh-oh. The chat is fired up about T-Law. The chat is fired. Here's the thing. And everyone called me a hater. Everyone called me a hater because I said he wasn't worth the price tag. And he's showing you every week he's not worth that price tag. Every we week blast, he's not. We blast Justin Fields, and he's throwing to Dante Pettis and Nikhil Harry and yeah. whomever else, Equinemia St. Brown. And then yeah. we look at Trevor and be like, oh, he doesn't have enough. He's got Christian Kirk. He's got Travis Etienne. He's got Evan Ingram. I, mean, I get Mulligan, it. Mulligan, It's not all world. I, well, I gave him Mulligan to style. He's, he's been better than last year, but yeah. 
Whew. Um, on the other side of the ball, Jay, quietly, Jerry Judy developing into Russell Wilson, the chemistry between those two. Cortland Sutton didn't do anything on Sunday. One for 13, four targets. Jerry Judy, six for 63, had a touchdown. He seems to be the one that they're, that Russell Wilson is, is trusting a little bit more uh, with those explosive plays. Jerry Judy quietly rehabilitating his value as well, Jay. Yeah, right. You're 100% right. And I forget what the uh, exact inflection point was, but very recently, Jerry Judy has been the, like like you mentioned, has been the guy, had the higher target share. And there was a time when Cortland Sutton was receiving 25% of the targets, but now that's flipped. He's getting about 15% or 13% if the number is, if I remember the number correctly. And he's only averaging like 3.4 points per game in fantasy. Like he's literally unstartable right now. And you talk about, you know, he got four targets. That's fine. And some of them were deep. He couldn't quite haul in a few of them. But he's not doing a lot. It's been Jerry Judy just beating man coverage. And I think that Hackett has just realized that Judy is the better receiver for their offense. And maybe he's not the better receiver overall. And people, you know, do like Colton Sutton a lot. And he's shown a lot. But I think they've shown that they're a little bit better with Jerry Judy kind of running the show. And Greg Dulcich being a bigger part of this offense. I think that's what's hurting Sutton too. Going up the seams and getting yards that way has been very beneficial for them. And he's had a lot of success. They did a whole drive where basically it was just Greg Dulcich running right up the seam. Russell Wilson getting the ball, right? So you look at kind of what they're doing now. And it's made a big difference. And while they're not great... They're getting a little bit better. And I think that's the bigger thing here. They're averaging 14 points per game. They put up 21. They won the game. Baby steps. But Greg Dolchich led the team in receiving on mm-hmm. five targets, four receptions, 87 yards. Then Jerry Judy, like you mentioned, six receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. I think it just depends on the on the week in some ways. Nathan hit the nail on the head. The man beater. Jerry, he gets open. Like He's always open. Yeah. They just And he's, he's actually missed a couple of big plays from some throws from Russell Wilson, right? Yes. I want some Jerry Judy. And the Broncos said they're not trading him. I think this is good for Jerry Judy. When you're talking about sneaky candidates to go get that are going to be afforded opportunity, I think Jerry Judy's still in that obtainable range. Like, you can still go get Jerry Judy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The same way, Jay, um, Rondell Moore. I want to talk about Rondell Moore for a minute because quietly, there, there's no doubt that DeAndre Hopkins is the guy. I mean, when you're going out there getting 13 damn targets a game, 12 for 159 and one, and I know Rondell Moore broke some tackles, but eight targets for Rondell yeah. Moore again. He's 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 a part of this offense. Seven for 92. They're using him in two wide receiver sets. They kicked him back into the slot this week. DeAndre Hopkins at the X. Rondell Moore is healthy, and he's showing why he was such an explosive playmaker at, at Purdue. I want me some Rondell Moore, Jay. I think he's another one of those sneaky buy-low candidates where you're looking for a wide receiver three, a low-end wide receiver two with upside. I think Rondell Moore fits that mold, especially in best ball leagues. I want this dude. He's got the target share. He's running the routes. He's on the field. You see how explosive he is. And they're not you they're actually starting to use him like a receiver, man. He's not just running orbit, orbit sweeps and and, yeah. and tunnel screens. Like Let's go Rondell Moore, Jay. Yeah, and it's funny because that play that you're talking about where he broke three tackles, it was basically like a five-yard hitch route that Kyler just put it on him quickly, and you saw the Rondell Moore explosion we saw at Purdue, the bouncing off tacklers versus Ohio State. It's just guys could not bring him down. It's that low center of gravity, those massive legs just churning, going between guys, banging off of tackles. It's 
it's what makes him so good. But to your point, it's not just the big play. He still had six other receptions. He still had 92 yards. He's still performing at a high level to where he is valuable because the volume is there. Now, last week was a weird week where he didn't get much work and didn't have a good week. Yeah, Newt but this came week, back. back was, again. Yeah, Thursday night. It was an ugly game from yeah. them. But again, against Minnesota in the Dome, good weather conditions, all that stuff, like he performed well. And so I think to your point, you can start him going forward. Now this week, they didn't have much of a run game and we'll see what the status of James Conner is going forward. But the bigger thing for me that was really surprising was Zach Kurtz did not get that much work. Only five targets. He's usually been Zach hurt. Kurtz, it, right? Yeah, he has been hurt. But he's usually the second target on the offense. Rondell Moore was that guy this well, week. Well, I mean, I'm he's been hurt by new coming back. By new coming yes. back, it's hurt. Yeah, yeah. Zach and we saw Ertz. that before too, right? Ertz broke out last year when Nuke went out, and now Nuke is back, and now Ertz is struggling again. Yeah, man. Yeah. Other side of the ball, again, return of the running back. Dalvin Cook, 111 yards, looked like Dalvin Cook. There was a play where he limped off, but that's that's yeah. just what Dalvin Cook does. That's just Dalvin Cook. And he comes back. He's the Paul Pierce of running backs. Um, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins had a crazy one-handed catch in that game. Greg Dorch fumbled a punt return, which probably is not going to lend him much opportunity in the receiving game. You just look at it. It's like you want Nuke. You want Rondell Moore. You still got to roll Zach Ertz out there because the tight end position is so fragile and frail. But Rondell Moore, definitely a pleasant surprise over the past four weeks since returning. Speaking of muffed punts, Richie James had two of them as the Giants lost a uh, lost a game in which they could have won. They were they were in this game. I know the final score of 27 to 13. Richie James muffed two punts inside like their own 20 yard line, setting Seattle yeah. up for short fields. Daniel Jones did not have a good game. 176 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Was sacked five times. They couldn't get anything going offensively. Saquon got 20 carries, 50 yards. He did score a touchdown. He also caught three for nine yards. Um, Wondell Robinson, nothing. The offense was just stuck in mud. They couldn't get anything going. And to be honest, both sides of the ball were kind of stank. Tyler Lockett led the team in receiving. He did have a touchdown and also dropped like a 50-yard. Yeah. He should have had a monster game from Tyler Lockett. Kenneth Walker had a beast mode run. Um, but he didn't do much. Average 2.8 in attempt. He did score a touchdown. Geno Smith would have had a bigger day had Tyler Lockett not dropped that pass. Um, but the Giants, they fall to 6-2. and two, Seattle 5-3. and three. I don't think there was a ton to take away from that game, Jay. Not a lot Not a lot to take away from. I think the Giants, eh, they're 6 They and played two, really fine. bad, man. They played they, bad. They, played they were bad. Because you got you to remember, their only touchdown really was because Lockett fumbled yeah. on their like four-yard line, yes. right? And so Saquon punched it in. Yeah, it kind of goes both ways. And so the Giants, like I think going into halftime, they only had like 100 yards gained. And so you talked about that, right? The the Lockett touchdown that was dropped on top of that. I think Seattle's had a great game plan for the Giants. The Giants have been a tough team to beat. No one's really been able to figure them out. But Seattle really showed that they're a tough team and they're legitimate contenders, potentially even for this division, right? Like they're still leading the division right yeah. now. The Rams lost, the Cardinals lost. Obviously the 49ers won and they blew out the Rams. But I mean, the Seahawks are <laughs> in first. Crazy. Lindsey Mack, he definitely faked that concussion. When he dropped that, when he muffed that second punt, I'm watching. I was like, ain't shit hurt but his pride. Ah. Ain't nothing hurt but his pride. He's laying on the ground, holding his head. You muff the punt, get off the field. You know what I'm saying? Like 100 percent Lindsey. I don't want to, I don't want to say That's that. Bad. I mean, maybe he did have a concussion, but um <laughs> it it looked a little, it looked a, it looked a little it looked a little fraudulent. Uh, to me, but not as fraudulent, Jay, as my Las Vegas Raiders. I got to give them a sad trombone. <laughs> wow. Zero. What's, what Bagel. is wrong with the Bagel Raiders? Alert. What's wrong with the Raiders, Jay? Wow. You want me to tell you, Ray? You want me to tell, tell you? Tell me. 
Well, right. Tell there's me just, what's uh, wrong with the Raiders. There's, there's Zero. The only team not to score besides the two teams on Monday night and they haven't played. Even Sam Ellinger put up points. David Mills put up points. Nothing. Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, uh, Devontae Adams, Milk Carden, one for three. For at- I mean, this whole Singing team. Singing my best ball, Ross. Bro, woof. What is wrong with the Raiders? Two and five on the uh, season. I'd say that they likely have a head coaching problem if I had Uh-oh. to place my bets. McDaniels, um, not that no guy? No disrespect. No disrespect to Josh McDaniels. He's had a couple good game plans. He he ran all over the Houston Texans. Oh, boy. Good They're job, back. Josh. We're that's, back. That's, that's a tough one to pull off. Ran all over the Texans. Um, I mean, it's this is what they do. They can't get the ball to Devontae Adams, which is just ridiculous. I saw someone on Twitter talking about who would say no to a sw- to a trade back? Like, just let's just take this trade and just bring it back. Like Devontae Adams for the two first or first and second. Let's just let's just let's just trade this back a little bit and see if anyone says no because both teams probably want their players back or their picks back. And yes. knowing that they also gave Devontae Adams all this money, all this money, Ray. For five targets in a game, they lost 24 to nothing. With Devontae no Marshawn Adams, Lattimore. No yeah. Lattimore. Devontae Adams is so talented. I don't care if he's in triple coverage. You throw him the ball. Like, there is very but few I think receivers that's the that you problem. do that to. I think that's the problem. Is Carr's just trying to, oh, trying to find Adams. Uh, he's, I, I just... Uh, I'd Waller rather go to Matt be Collins. There. He's open. Yeah, Waller wasn't there. He, he didn't play he's in that one. There. He's never Moreau. there. Foster Moreau. Foss and Moreau, Matt Collins, your two leading receivers. So that says everything you need to know. That, they're not even trying to get – like maybe they are trying, but you've got to try harder than that. you got you got to do something. Like if Devonta Adams isn't catching, what, five passes a game, why are you paying him $100 million? Like it's it's know. crazy. You, I don't know. You, he, for game one, Waller didn't play. I think Renfro might have played in that one. 17 targets for Devonta. Adams. They need to get Renfro involved, man. What's, they need they to do? get – they need to – Take two targets easy for place. I don't this offense, Carr looks ass, Devontae Adams looks miserable, Hunter Renfro's yeah. non-existent. They paid him too. You know they paid yep. Renfro. And they paid they Waller. Paid, they paid Carr, they paid Waller, they paid Renfro, and they paid Adams. And what do they got? Two and five. Two wins. Two wins. And one of those was against the fucking Texans. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. They're bad. Can they you, got a tank. They have no hope, man. Like the thing is, is that they're a team that can't tank because they have all these players that are paying all this money. Right. But they're not going anywhere. Not a two and five. And their division isn't very good. So maybe they can get some divisional wins, but they're not beating anybody in their division, probably. That's the problem. All right, Jay. Let's go to Atlanta and Carolina really quickly. Atlanta number week. one in the NFC South. They lead the NFC South. Kyle Pitts got on track five for 80 in a touchdown. Drake London still non-existent in that offense. Mariota did throw the ball 28 times, so that's like a, a revelation there. Uh, two interceptions, QBR 75. P.J. Walker at 317 passing yards. D.J. Moore lives six for 152 and one on 11 targets. Terrence Marshall had nine targets in the game. Deontay Foreman balled out with three touchdowns. Uh, DJ Moore, I want him, Jay. He's good. He's good. <laughs> We're back in. Can't wait until Bryce Young or CJ Stroud are there next year. Cannot wait. Yes. DJ Moore, very good. DJ Moore is very good. Yeah. Deont- Deontay Foreman, 26 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, 
This this game was good, like really good game. 21 by Carolina in the fourth. Atlanta scored 13, and they should have – Carolina should have won this game. Yes. But their Eddie damn Pinero kicker, Eddie Pinero, he should have been pulling a hammy, breaking his leg, something. Because, you know, you talk about Richie James when he faked his little thing. It, the fact that Eddie Pinero did not pull a hamstring in this game is just ridiculous. Like, the – he had two opportunities to win the game. Now you can say DJ Moore did cost them a little bit because he did score that big touchdown, ripped his helmet off, went crazy, and they cost him 15 yards and they didn't get the extra point. Ultimately, they went to overtime. But I mean, Pinero had his shot from like 40 yards. I think might even been less than that. So they had their opportunities and they didn't convert. They didn't convert. And I think honestly, Ray, I, there is a bit of, in my opinion. Blame on the head coach there. Steve Wilkes played very conservatively from that 20-yard line. He was playing for the field goal, knowing his kicker just missed a game-winning kick. And I think that's part of the problem here. They they were going, they were playing fine, going down the field. They ran the ball three times, then they kicked it. What did he do again? He missed, and then obviously Mariota went and won the game. Um, Demir Bird played well on top of that. Best ball guy. Ugh. Like Demir, Demir Bird. Bird. Demir Bird. But it was an exciting game. PJ Walker, I told you to start him. 300 yards, touchdown. I mean, it looked pretty Man, good. Mariota, right. three touchdowns. It's it was right. good. You all get, right. Great game. Great ending. Love all it. All right. Um, let's get to uh, who else do we still need to talk about? Washington Indy. Let's just do it real quick. Commanders, 17 <laughs> 16. Antonio Gibson balled out in the receiving game, seven for 58, yes, one did. touchdown. Still, they can't run the ball. Brian Robinson can't run. Antonio Gibson can't run. 28 carries, 96 yards for the whole team. McLaurin had a big game. Antonio Gibson had a big yep. game. Other side of the ball, Sam Ellinger, we saw him start. I guess he was fine. Nothing. I mean, he looked like Sam Ellinger. Yeah. Pittman got his seven Just receptions, which is good. But JT, again, shit in the bed for us. Uh, 16 for 76, just not good. Doesn't get it done. Does not get it yep. done for us. Uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. I mean, we talked about AJ Brown, but Miles Sanders nine for seventy-eight and a touchdown. Hurts yep. efficient, two eighty-five, four touchdowns, no picks. QBR of eighty. Devontae Smith didn't do much this one. He had eight targets, five for twenty-three. Goddard had six for sixty-four. Philly, who's stopping them? They're seven and zero. Oh. Not a lot, man. Who's stopping well, no, Nobody on their schedule is stopping them. Who's stopping right? We've them. looked at their schedule. This week, they play Houston. In three days, they play wow. Houston. Beat down so that's, City. Beat right? down That's going to be, what, a 14-point spread, probably? It's There's no one in... And it's funny. We talked about the Giants potentially being one of their biggest opponents. It's not looking that way right now. The Giants aren't looking like they're much of anything. And we'll see when the time ultimately comes. But yeah, Eagles, 14-point favorites. For Thursday Night Football. And that, wow. that spread's only going to get wider. You think so? It's, it's going to get wider than 14? Dude, Houston is awful. Yeah. Uh, the only reason why you take that spread is because the Eagles don't score in the second half. They just don't. That's yeah. the only reason why you take it. But outside of that, I mean, the over right, the over under is 43 points. So they're projecting the Eagles to score 30 and the Texans to score like 10. Right? Like, it's that's just where it's at. That's just where it's at. The Steelers... Man, did you see all the quotes coming out of Pittsburgh's locker room after that game? No, I, I saw Kenny Pickett Kenny criticizing Pick the studying. Well, Kenny Pickett was about? criticizing the team. Najee Harris criticized the team. They basically were saying, like, we go into practice every week talking about all the things we need to do in order to get better, and nobody does anything. Like, Najee, 
Najee was awful. He did have six receptions, which kind of like salvaged his day. You can't trust any wide receiver. Remember George Pickens and all the hype he was getting? Got that dog in him? Bagel. Uh, bagel. Zero bird. You just, they're not good, Jay. They're not good. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not bad. good. Um, yeah. The Rams also are done. They're terrible. <laughs> they are terrible. That team is so bad. The Rams are so b- Jimmy Garoppolo with an 81 QBR. Look at Jimmy G on the yes, four sir. incompletions, baby. Four incompletions. CMC, eight for 55, 18 for 94. The Rams are awful. They are truly Cooper Cup or bust. I've never seen anything like it, Jay. Like, I've never seen you, anything really? like it. You've, ne- you've never watched the Detroit Lions from, like, 2008 through yeah, but they were 2020? Never, they were never a Super – like, I've never seen a team that just won a Super Bowl come back all the way down, and, yeah. and, and not evolve offensively. Well, McVay's I mean, you know who probably did? You know who probably did, though, was the Broncos after Peyton retired. That team was pretty bad. But we're not talking about – did nobody retire? No one retired yeah. for the Rams. So that that's uh, no shit. You lose Peyton Manning, your team probably stinks. You you roll out Paxton Lynch or whomever, your team stinks. This is the same team they took to the Super Bowl and they did not evolve their offense. They did not they went out and bought some players and thought that they could just plug and play and now they're sitting at 3 and 4 and they look awful. Matthew Stafford can't oh, do terrible. anything. It's throw to Cooper Cup a million times a game or they're done. They have no running game. Now they're saying if Cam Akers doesn't get traded, he's going to come back and run the ball. This team is bad. They are on the verge. Who do they have next? Who do the Rams play next? Because it could it, it it might be mutiny on their hands. Oh, they get they Tampa got, Bay. Oh, they got the Bucks. They got they the Bucks, Cards, on Saints, the road, Chiefs, Seahawks. This could get ugly for LA. This oh, team Ray, is done, man. Quick, quick, done. Quick question for you: Who wins and by how much? Bucks versus Rams. The battle of just two awful teams, frankly. Who's I, worse? I, I I think the Rams are worse. I think the Rams yeah. are a worse team. This team is this team is is in trouble. In trouble. I mean, all these old quarterbacks suck. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anybody to throw to. Tom Brady, I don't know what's going on with him in Tampa Bay. And then Matthew Stafford just he had 80, 187 yards and 80 of them went to Cooper Cup. They can't do anything, A-Rod. Jay. Aaron had a decent game. He had he had 5 for 54 and you're happy because you got you 10 yeah. points. Got you 10 yeah. points and you're happy because he hasn't done shit this year either. And then we save the best for last. The Dallas Cowboys versus the Bears. Tony Pollard. And the crazy Woo. thing about Pollard is Jerry Jones has already said as soon as Zeke is back, he's oh, yeah. right back in the starting lineup getting his 20 touches. But this is yep. this is the formula for Dallas. Run the ball, play good defense. Run the ball, play good defense. Dak Prescott, 27 pass attempts. That's about what you want him to do. 250 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, was only sacked one time. QBR yep. of 93 for Dak Prescott. Pollard, 131 on the ground, three touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb at 77-1. and one. Beautiful throw from Dak to CeeDee Lamb for that touchdown catch. Dalton Schultz came back to life, 74-6. and six. Peyton Hendershot got involved a little bit. He had two for 15. Yep. Jake Ferguson caught a touchdown pass. Uh and then defensively, Micah Parsons scoop and score. Justin Fields not touching him. Yeah. Fields on the other side of the ball. Uh, two touchdown passes, 151 yards. They finally let him cook. Isn't it amazing that we we look at 151 yards and two as cooking? But in today's NFL, he cooked. Uh, he had oh, yeah. eight carries, 60 yards, touchdown on the ground. Justin Fields playing like the best quarterback out of the 2021 class, man. 
with 150, 104, even... averaging 130 passing yards a game, and we want him. This is this is crazy. Anyway. This is, but this is what this is what we wanted out of Fields. 19 points per game, QB yeah. six since week four. Yeah, this is. And what's Ray, what's crazy is they didn't even stop running the ball. They ran the ball 43 times. I know. Khalil Herbert led the team in rushing 99 yards. David Montgomery still had 53 himself. I mean, the the Bears, honestly, I think I think the biggest thing for me with the Bears is that they showed a lot of life when they could have been dead, like early. They were down in That's that true. game they were really bad. And they came back. They had what, 14 unanswered. Dak threw that, that pick late in the first half. They couldn't quite get a touchdown. They went for the field goal. And the game was all of a sudden kind of like back again, and then Tony Pollard put them away in the second half. But, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me is that the Bears look better than we ever gave them credit for. And that's the problem is that, you know, we are ready to write off Justin Fields, and I'll be the first to admit I was a detractor. I was not liking what I was seeing, but he is playing much better. And he did gain confidence in that New England game, clearly. And it showed again in this game against Dallas on the road again. Another great road performance from Justin Fields. So we can say what we want about him, but he's still at a 72 and a half QBR 120 rating. Like that's really good. And that's even with him missing a couple throws downfield that could have made that game really, really big. Right. So I think it's going to come for Justin Fields just a matter of time. And I think Ray, the weird thing is, I don't want to make this comparison too much because it is a very different situation, but Jalen Hurts got dogged a long time right early in the season for not being good enough and he just started running the ball and he was good again and right around that time when he had about 16 starts under his belt is when he was starting Starting to to get it going started to click and justin fields is right around there now he's right around that 16 start full season mark or getting closer to it and you're seeing him start to put these things together and i think that's the bigger point here is that you want to make parallels to other quarterbacks let him get that Full season yeah, what of do experience. I say? Let him throw right? the damn ball. Let him throw. Stop. Yeah, that too. Just let him throw. Let him let, see what you have in him. Let him build some confidence. Get him some in rhythm plays. Move the pocket. Roll him out. Run some RPOs. Make things easy for him to see what you yeah. have. Whether he could sustain that over the long term or not, I don't know. But what I do know is if you only let him throw the ball 13 times, how how, how can he get in rhythm? Right? And, and yeah. they, Chicago was fucking around with that at the start of that game where he – Going, it was like the last four minutes, he had like six pass attempts. And I'm like, let him throw the ball. Like, let he had 16 yards. Let him throw. Yeah, See what you have in him. So, um, good for Fields. Rank the 21 quarterbacks real quick. Go. Rank them. Mm, it's to be or to not put Fields at Rank number them. one. Fields, Lance, Lawrence, Mack, and then like a that's, tear break. And then Wilson. Safety. Then Wilson and Davis Mills. So, but the question, Ray, tell the people your thoughts on Trey Lance, because we've talked about how him not playing makes him look pretty good compared to a lot of his quarterbacks. At least, at least you don't know if he's bad. I know for sure. (laughs) I know what Zach Wilson is. You know, at least we, at least we have a good idea. Uh, Give me the black box prospect. I still, if all Lance has to do is dump it off to Christian McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle and then run around a little bit, maybe he can take the Justin Fields approach but man it is um it's scary it's it's scary hours and that the 21 class not good the 22 class very much not good not and in 2023 we got Will Levis out there throwing for 98 yards and and, and 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 talking shit about Tennessee not playing real football and he he looks scarier and scarier by the day Jay but there we go. There's about 35 takeaways. We said top 10. There was a bunch of them. Went through every game. Went over time. It's 8-15. Anything else you want to say to the people 
before we get out of here, Jay. We already talked um, about Buffalo. Buffalo's good. I, what do you, I, have to, what I, do you want I, us to say I about think Buffalo? The, Brad, I think the biggest takeaway is go and listen to Scott Connor's Destination Dynasty podcast. He's done a three-part series now on quarterbacks. We cannot stress this enough. You want a top quarterback. And the more Scott talks about these quarterbacks, the more you need to go and check this stuff out because it matters so much. And we talk about the points per game aspect. He breaks down the EPA per play, the yards per pass attempt, and all these things that matter for fantasy football. So please go listen to it. Go make some good decisions. He talked about how he just recently traded for Tua. We're doing pretty good for him in the first week. Worked out pretty good. There it is, man. Good Monday. Jay, we doing a show on Wednesday or no? I can do a show on Wednesday. Yeah, we're you want to do a show on Wednesday? Yeah, we'll do a show on Wednesday. We'll see y'all on Wednesday. Y'all enjoy the day. Happy Monday. Y'all make it a great one. We appreciate everybody tapping in. Hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe. Like. Got a bunch of people in here. Hit that thumbs up button. Like the content. We got Monday Night Football tonight. Uh, Bengals versus the Browns. No Jamar Chase. Tyler yep. Boyd wheels up. You know, T. Higgins should smash. Hayden Hurst, the boost. Joe Mixon. And then on the on the Cleveland side, one game closer to Sean Watson coming back. <laughs> one game closer. We're just waiting for Watson. We're already eight weeks into the season, man. It's yeah. flying by. Pretty soon Week we're nine. Gonna, pretty soon we're not gonna have anything to talk about, and it's gonna be NFL draft narrative season. So let's enjoy these last uh the back half of the season while we have it, man. It's gonna be over. Well, we do have we Georgia, it. Tennessee this week. Another big game. Big game big for game. Hendon Hooker. Georgia, Tennessee. Oh. We'll talk about that as the week goes on. But we appreciate y'all being here. We appreciate y'all tapping in. We love y'all. Y'all have a great week. We'll see y'all on Wednesday. We out. Peace. Thank y'all for watching the Wake Up Show with myself and Jay Rich. If you finished the show and you're still hanging around and have yet to hit the thumbs up button or subscribe to the channel, do that right now and turn them alerts on while you're at it. If you want more exclusive access to me, Jay Rich, or the entire Destination Debbie team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access make sure you subscribe to the newsletter for free 99 content and if you want to get in on that action use the promo code wake up over on prospect for a 100 deposit match up to 100 for first time users and a brand new show dropping on the mojo youtube channel myself and jay rich will be talking about these players and their value from a stock market perspective every single week this fall over on mojo it's all gas, all the time. Love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.